Hi, this is Matt from Pigs, 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 Pigs. This is Adam, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, everyone, Sonny here with Interview Under Fire, Matt and Adam. Thank you guys so much for joining our podcast today on IUF. A big and interesting time of the year for you guys in the band with the release of Viscerals, like, which came out April 3rd, right around the time when this situation we are in started to get, you know, started coming to reality. You know, you know, before we get to that, I want to ask the most important question. How are you? <laughs> you know, it's, it's a very simple question, but I feel like it's a very important to ask how people have been doing now. You know, how have things yeah. been for you guys out in the UK and, you know, uh, you know, how's life and how's life out there right now? Yeah, um, I'm good personally. Like, uh, yeah, feeling grateful and unfortunate for the position I'm in. I've just kind of had to ride things out like everyone else. Um, Adam's in a bit more of a trickier situation than I am. Um, I yeah, I've got cystic fibrosis, uh, so so I'm I'm on a pretty uh, strict lockdown. I haven't haven't left the house in in a good few months. But you know, same thing. I feel very grateful, and um, <clears throat> could be a lot worse. So. I'm very thankful to uh, be in the position I am. Man, that's, uh, I'm glad you're doing okay, man. I'm glad you were actually able to join us. I mean, just, you know, you can't even tell, you know, what people are are dealing with just by looking at them, you know, and uh, I'm just glad yeah. you're doing okay, healing up, and just, I'm glad we're able to get this coordinated. You know, being at home, like you guys are, you know, and I was going to ask, how are you guys keeping up with, you know, Adam, your guitar chops, and Matt, your vocals? Is that affecting your musicianship at all? I'm, I'm assuming you guys live in a place where you can just crank it up and play as much as you want without the neighbors complaining, I, right? <laughs> oh, no, I, I can't at all. Um, oh, really? Okay. Like, a, a, like, a vocal, like I'm, I'm actually a little bit concerned about my vocals because I feel like it's there's something that like they get stronger the more I kind of use them. But like I've not been able to like open up my voice and use them in the way I use them with with the band in months. Like, you know, I'm just not able to raise my voice that loud in the house without probably the neighbors calling the police or something. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've not had that opportunity, but it's fine. Like, I'm, I'm sure when, when you know, things start to return to normal again and we, we're, we're in the lead up of, like, practicing and rehearsing to go out on tour again, I'll have enough opportunities to be able to, to open it up again and kind of build strength because it's quite a physical thing. Like, of course you know, the, the vocal cords um so yeah, <laughs> a, bit, yeah. a bit weird on that front but <laughs> it'll be okay um i suppose yeah it's different for you though adam uh, yeah I'm a, i mean i'm uh, quite the opposite to be honest i've got a lot a lot of spare time so um i've been playing quite a lot and uh having a bit more time to sort of uh improve which is not something i've, I've done in about 10 years uh, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, does this pandemic, now that you guys are home and you guys are talking about what you guys have been busy with, does it, up, does it open up new things for both of you guys personally and, art- and artistically that you may have not noticed about yourself before? Um, I mean, not, I wouldn't say it's really had much benefit for me like artistically anyway like i i find it immensely difficult to work on 
music on my own and not collaborate with other people. Like I've yeah. always been in, in, in bands with people, you know, since the age of 15 and I'm like 34 now. So I've always, always, always worked with other people and I find it immensely difficult to do things on my own. Um, I've tried over lockdown and I've done like little bits and pieces on my own, which I'm vaguely happy with, but nothing that I've kind of gone, Oh, wow. You know, that's, that's, I'm really proud of that. Um, I mean, for me, like, yeah, my, my, my love is making music with other people and, you know, the the social aspect of, of doing that as well. And that's gone Um, (laughs) now anyway. Hey, we're being social. I mean, we're making the best of the situation. So there's that. Yeah. 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 What about you, Adam? Yeah. Just exactly the same, really. I have, um, I was thinking someone about this recently. I'm, uh, <clears throat> it's sort of a, an all-encompassing sense of uh, or lack of confidence, I think. Uh, and I, yeah, I really struggle with making music on my own. I can get <clears throat> so I've, I've, you know, written a few riffs and stuff, which is kind of how we work. You know, we'll come in with bits, and and, and other people will add their bits, and and we'll, we'll put riffs together, and we'll we'll work on a structure. But but even on the songs that say, you know. Uh, I might write seventy percent of it's kind of I can't finish it myself. I don't. I need that. I need people around me that um, that I kind of trust and respect musically to, uh, to to put their own sort of weight behind it. Um, mm-hmm. I find that really important. Uh, so yeah, just, just the same. I've, I've got got some ideas and things, but I think until we all we all meet up and start start writing together i think uh i don't think too much will come of it yeah you know we're surprisingly we're already four months into this and and i've said this before you know already earlier it's challenging to try to take the initiative to stay busy and you know just the creative part and i know with your music i know it's it's tough like adam you said you have to be around people to actually unleash that part of yourself which you know that, that you greatly have that that, that yeah. part of yourself and it's a little dip, it's difficult when matt's on the other side and a lot of your other bandmates are not around you but yeah but it is I mean, challenging like, yeah sorry no no, no um, go ahead go ahead yeah uh, i mean i've seen like lo- loads of bands have done like really interesting things in terms of like live streaming and and you know collaborative performances just through things like zoom and things yeah. like Skype and, and streamed it live where, whereby everyone's playing but they're not in the same location and and that's like that's really cool but I, I'm, I'm not sure that's something that would translate very well for our particular style of music um i just don't think we'd be able to capture that energy the same energy and the same feel for it like you know i i like to be like I mean, I used the word physical earlier on, but I, I like to be like fully immersed in it and like the sheer like sonics and the volume and the Just the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, totally. And like without that, I'd, I'd feel very strange just kind of standing in a room on my own, kind of shouting along to it. Like it would be like a, it'd still be like a really big disconnect for me. Um, I wouldn't get that yeah. sense sort of <clears throat> out of it. I think that's probably not not just yourself but I think that's the music as a whole I think it would because it you know that we try to put so much sort of physicality behind the actual the music of it and it's something that I guess we we struggle to capture over 
and, and they get really excited about over over something like Zoom. I think like you know Sam, um, who also plays guitar, he, he produces all that stuff and he, he puts so much sort of time and um, and work into capturing that on record that I think I think we wouldn't be able to, to capture um, over the likes of Zoom or Skype, um, at least not while writing. Um, so I, yeah, I think it's it's quite important for us to, to sort of be in the same room to get to get to a certain point. There's a point we can we know we can get to on our own, and, um, but I think to to really flesh things out and to to get anywhere with it, I think like Matt says, it's something that uh, we need to do together and 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 just be present for you. You know, with pigs, you guys have been at, the, at this for about eight years, and. You guys have been touring extensively before the release of Viscerals, which I absolutely love that record. And I do want to get on that in, in a minute. But what was both of you guys like? What was your favorite part about touring? Because you guys have been touring extensively. Now you're kind of just taking like an unseen step back. And does it make you have like a growing appreciation for the tour life? Because you're talking culture, fans, even the food. There's just so many, so many aspects about the touring life. What was both of your, you know, you know, what was your biggest takeaway from the touring life for you, Matt and Adam? Um, well, I mean, for me, I mean, it was the reason we started the band. Like, you know, the, mm -hmm. in the, the UK and actually mainland Europe as well, there's like a, a really, like maybe about 10 years ago, this kind of uh, growing community of uh, psychedelic rock and noise rock and it was kind of growing and growing and expanding and, and there was a, a really solid community developing there like throughout Europe and that was kind of the, the main reason we started the band just to kind of see if we could become part of that you know we were watching bands like interesting luminous bodies or terminal cheesecake yeah and, yeah yeah, just, just amazing bands like that. Like they did come and play in our city or we travel to go and watch them. And, and, and we were like, you know, we, we aspired to play with bands like that and be part of that kind of network. Um, so that's the reason we, we formed the band and, and, and we were fortunate enough to kind of fall down that, that rabbit hole um, quite quickly after we formed the band. So, you know, for the first four years of the band's existence, like all we did was tour and and play live like you know we it was four years before we put out our our first album because yeah. that kind of felt like a secondary thing to us like we were just having so much fun just like going out on the road and and, and playing shows with and, and meeting like amazing brilliant people um yeah so i mean that's the, the 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 fundamental of the band really and and when we put out like new records like for me anyway most of the excitement is you know placed on the live shows and like you know getting getting ready for those um i mean it's nice to read and hear people's reactions to the 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 new albums but it it it, it becomes real when you're playing them live and there's a real like connect um when you play them live as well and real yeah connect. we just talked yeah. about it the, this the atmosphere yeah yeah totally yeah um, yeah adam you want to add to that yeah well, it's it's <clears throat> i think it's uh it's strange having released an album uh <laughs> and not having played the songs live that's it's yeah, yeah it's 
means that potentially it'll be a year, maybe more, after we've released the album that we'll actually get to play those songs, which in a way is is kind of great because we are, we'll have that excitement again. It doesn't mm -hmm. f quite feel finished, the album, but it doesn't quite feel like... Okay. It doesn't quite feel like that that cycle of an album release or, or whatever, whatever it means to us, it, it hasn't quite, it's not quite done yet. And I don't think until we've done those initial shows, I don't think it will. So yeah. I, we still have all that to look forward to, which, um, which is great. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's a real bastard that we can't, we can't do it now, but, but when we do, you know, we do get to get around to it, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty uh, cathartic. Gonna be quite a release for us. So. That's probably the most interesting answer I've ever heard about feeling an album that's not, it doesn't feel finished without presenting the material to the audience. That's the first time I heard that. And you bring up a very good point. It's not like there's a protocol for a pandemic, you know, when there's an album release, yeah, there's so many, there's so many regulations that come into, you know, within the label, within, you know, PR, whatever it is that you want to put into that. But when it comes to a pandemic, it's like, okay, here's what we got to do. Bam, 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 this is it. Well, now we have the prep preface for it. If it happens in the future, God forbid it does. And you can talk about the Spanish flow all you want. That was like a hundred years ago, but it's not like what it is today. You know, it's bands are putting material out and you guys are, are in a list of so many bands who put out albums, you know, and, you know, bands like Lamb of God, they actually had to move their release date forward and enslave, you know, and the pandemic, you know, could have played a part in that. And you guys actually stuck to the schedule, which I really appreciate you guys did that because it's, it takes a lot of guts and a lot of courage to actually still stick to the schedule and still get the positive, you know, momentum that you guys got from the fans with Viscerals. But I understand what Adam was saying about how it feels unfinished because you're not presenting the material live. That's the first time I heard that. And that's, that brings it into perspective for sure. Mm. I think, I mean, you know, it's we're very grateful that, that we did release it when we did because I, I can't imagine someone having an album ready and having to sit on it for a year like that that mm -hmm. you get you you know you sort of with enough time it, it an album i guess sits it sits where it sits in time and there's the connection to it changes over time so like you know our, our connection to say king of cowards the last album is, is very different to when we just finished releasing it or even a few months after not in a negative way and not any less it's just it just changes that relationship with the album uh -huh. and it must be so it must be so strange and 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 tough in a way for, for an artist to have have something ready to present and then have to wait say 12 months or, or what have you before it's actually you know, out in the open and, and people can actually be a part of it. And at, at which point maybe the artist has, has changed in some way or or, the, or their relationship to it has, has changed. Um, so in that way, I, th I think we're very glad that, that we did we did end up releasing it because it, um, it, it feels like a moment, moment in time, the music as well, it feels like us in that, in that period. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, I remember Matt was telling me about you guys were supposed to play at South by Southwest here in Texas, and hopefully, God, I I really hope it's not a whole year until we actually get to see you guys. But you know, you bring up very good points. Now, you guys did the you know touring extensively before Viscerals, so and we talked about live streaming just very briefly there. Matt did mention it, and we've seen so many bands take to live streaming, Twitch, 
you know, Facebook Live, Instagram Live, wh whatever it is that the band is doing. They're trying their best to engage with the fans. But let mm -hmm. me ask both of you guys, since you guys have been touring extensively and you guys have, have seen so many different atmospheres and interacted with so many fans, this has actually been a popular topic of discussion on my show. And every, it, I always get a different answer. So it's very interesting to hear from you. Do you guys think the quarantine-induced live streaming surge that we're seeing now is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward? Do you still see bands doing this even after all this is over? Well, that's a good question. Um, mm -hmm. I get what I guess it's an unknown to an extent. Um, yeah. There's no wrong answer. It's it's very yeah. interesting to hear from your input. I you know, think, I think um, I think it will affect things. I think it will affect things in a positive way. I think largely anyway. I think I think it'll have shown the potential to do this sort of thing and, and, and people's willingness to engage with it. Um, in terms of how it affects live shows going forward, I, I don't know. I think, I think obviously the venues being at risk of shutting down and things is a, is a will have a much, a much bigger effect. I think if, if the, the live stream gigs and such do have a, another surge or continue to be as uh, prominent, It'll be because of that, rather than um, rather than a, a sort of uh, you know a, a cause of the the actual pandemic itself or the situation we're in. Um, yeah. yeah, I suppose it, like in a way that the, there's probably scope for it to become part of a an addition to like the live music experience, but I, I couldn't ever see it sort of ever really replacing it as such like my, my kind of one hope is that coming out of this that like the thirst for not just live music but you know across all sorts of different strands of of, of live art um you know there'll be like more of a thirst for it i don't know whether i'm dreaming and thinking that but i i would hope that's that's my hope and i think it's it's kind of going to be needed as well not just for the musicians but as adam touched upon for the for the venues as well and for the theaters um because like i'm sure it's the same in the us but like there's a lot over over in the uk that are really really struggling at the moment and um, and there's still no there doesn't seem to be like a real clear path back to live music yet mm -hmm. um and so that's a worry so yeah like i say my, my hope is that when it comes back round, people will be really chomping at the bit for it and and kind of learn like a, not that anyone probably didn't appreciate it before but you know there'll be a there'll be an extra weight to it an extra gravity to it i hope yeah you know it's different if i see you know Pigs and you know you guys in front of me as opposed to seeing it on screen, which I have the liberty to mosh in my room if I want to, but it's a whole different atmosphere. Like we just talked about it, and you guys, live experience is an important thing for for you guys, and I think this is just very important going forward because there's just so much uncertainty. Another thing that I that I do think about, the more and more I talk to you know talented musicians like yourselves, is the saturation of the market. Like all these venues that we're talking about, like they're getting shut down. Um, you know, a lot of these venues and once all this is over, you're talking about overbooking these venues. Some bands might get lucky, some won't. And 
that's what really concerns me. And I think there's, there's a, there's an organization out there. I forgot the name. It's a, it, I don't know if you've, you know about this, but it's about saving live venues. Uh-huh. It's a nonprofit organization. I had to look it up. Um, the UK, oh. I think it's, I, I think it's worldwide. I well, don't know. Ho- and you trust, um, Quite big on the UK, doing a lot of good work. Um, yeah, um, quite recently. Yeah, like Adam says, music venue trust in the UK had started uh, a campaign, online campaign, and started lobbying the UK government to offer like a relief fund for the live arts. Yeah, which you know, the, the, it was announced fairly recently that there's going to be a lot of money opened up for funding um, music venues. Yeah, I'm I'm looking for that organization. Uh, I can't find it right now, uh, but I know it, it it's out there. And there's multiple of them. You know, they're they're trying to get together. And you know, in Dallas, we've had one of our most popular venues, Gas Monkey Live. And that's you know, if you guys did come to Dallas, you know, that'd be the that'd be the venue. I'm assuming you guys would be playing. That got shut down. Uh-huh. And but the one across the street, there's it's trying to. There's like a a sister across the street, like the sister state, they're, they're trying to come together and actually maybe expand that stage and see if they can make that work so far. That's, that's okay. But we've had, we actually had venues that they shut down here. So yeah. again, you know, so much uncertainty going forward. Um, all right. I, I promised we'd talk about a visceral. So we'll talk about that right now. Um, you know, Matt, you talked about, uh, you talked about in another interview, you talked about this album being an intense process for the writing, you know, in a positive way. What did you mean by that when it comes to an intense process? Was it different from the last two? Or Yeah, 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 yeah. The writing process and even I suppose the recording of it to some degree was kind of vastly different. So one thing that we've kind of always really had in the lead up to recording an album is a lot of time on our hands. So mm-hmm. obviously earlier on I said we were a band for four years before we put out our first album so, so that's a lot of time <laughs> i think i think that's that's pretty good you know and that way you build yeah. that chemistry during that time frame and then yeah. you know that i think that actually shows dedication to your craft and it, putting the production out there i totally think it it benefited us um yeah and 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 then and then with like king of cowards we still again we we had a lot of time um we were fortunate enough to well we, unfortunately we had um a few dates in Italy get cancelled on us. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like right in the middle of a, a European tour. So we either kind of had to cancel the whole tour or find something productive to do with the, the week we had in the middle. So um, Adam <laughs> kind of found an amazing place on Airbnb, like in the <laughs> northern Italian countryside in the hills, like this converted farm, I suppose. And it had like a converted barn space where we kind of set up and just rehearsed and wrote a vast swathe of the king of cowards album um from that barn it was amazing we like we we'd get up we'd eat breakfast and just rehearse all day it was it was really cool um so again lots of time and then certainly like in the uk and europe once king of cowards came out like our popularity just kind of jumped up to levels we kind of didn't imagine would awesome. happen for a band like ours so obviously like the demand for us being out on the road went up so we were touring a lot and and, and we kind of 
we toured the album for like around, well, pretty much like a full year almost. Um, and then we kind of hit a spot where we were like, right, okay, well, gigs are kind of easing up now, touring's easing up. We should probably turn our attention to writing another album. Um, now we do like all of our recording at, at Sam's studio. He runs a studio in Newcastle. Um, okay. So we do it all there, but there's like limited availability for for bookings there. So we kind of had to just take our opportunity where we could to 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 get a, a booking in to, to record. So all of a sudden we had like that deadline in front of us and we're like, right, well, we really need to kind of, exert ourselves here to to get an album together so i suppose like yeah from that sense it, it was like a really intense process it was um we had to really really make use of of the time that we all had together because we're all we're all still in a position where we all have day jobs as well yeah, so you're juggling like gigs and day jobs and and everything else that you that you've got going on and 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 trying to find like moments in time where all five of us are available to get in a room together to write music. It's, it's incredibly difficult. Um, so yeah, from, from that aspect, it, it was quite an intense process. Intense, but I, it does sound that there was more organized. It, it was a lot more organized than, you know, than you intended. But I think, I think that's important too, like just to get away from everything and actually focus on the album. And for mm. listeners who don't know, this is the third album um uh viscerals out in rocket recordings came out april 3rd you know just a couple weeks after the pandemic was announced and um you know i was going to ask you know between writing and structuring the songs even in the production process where does the originality and like innovation come from within you guys is there a formula to, to maintain the progress that you have right now um no was that challenging at all I think I think we've we've all got an awareness of what we do well, if yeah. that makes sense. Like, and 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 that's just been like a process of kind of just learning as well, learning what we enjoy most about our music and and what we feel we're kind of we're best at. Um, certainly, with this new album, because of that kind of. Uh, the lack of kind of time that we we had that it just wasn't on our side at all um there was a lot more of a kind of individual approach to to writing so adam had put together a few songs and johnny and chris our bass player and drummer because they had spare time where the rest of us didn't they'd go in the rehearsal room and and just play together just drums and bass and there was a couple of songs that were formed that way or Sam would come into the rehearsal room with like I think I've written a song what do you think so um there was a lot more of that but like Adam touched upon earlier like there's I think now there's certainly from my perspective anyway a, a sense of like I, I I trust everyone explicitly in the band I, I trust their opinion I trust their direction um and it's not to say that like, you know, if someone presents a song that we can't like, we'll all put our heads together and go, oh, you know, that works, that doesn't work. And I'm feeling that bit, maybe not so much that other bit, you know, and, and we'll start to mold them as a, as a collective. But 
um, this time around, there was a lot more um, onus put on kind of individuals coming up with stuff like outside of the rehearsal room, uh-huh. where King of the King of Cowards was largely put together when we were all together in the same room. I see Adam stroking their chin over there. Yeah, I think he wants to add something to this. <laughs> no, I'm just a, I'm, that's just a, just a tick of mine. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, it's, I think, I do think if there's any originality there to speak of, which is difficult to say when you, you kind of, from, 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 you know, internally, it's difficult to tell whether there is. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably because we're pretty derivative, but I think we're all we're pretty derivative of lots of different things. Um, <laughs> so when, I, when I heard Viscerals, I heard, man, uh, one of the main things I heard, you know, bl- were like Black Sabbath. I heard so many, you know, taps into that dimension, you know, Killing Joke, Jane's Addiction. I don't know if you guys even thought of that when it came to, you know, writing this material, but I'm, list- I'm looking through the comments on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all the fans, what they're talking about. And those three are the main themes that you know they're talking about and and they all love it and i'm hearing it and i heard viscerals over and over and like wow this really it almost is like uh you guys are almost like a link to the chain to you know the 70s and 80s psychedelic rock and trying to you know bring that back into a modern era that's what i got from it and i and i really um yeah I, i think that's just just down to our influences and what you know what we listen to most of i guess but is it there is a strange, I guess it shows the collective influence that bands have on um, just on music as a whole. Because a lot of bands that we um, were getting compared to, especially the new material, are bands that we, we don't really know of at all. You know, like, like Jane's Addiction. Like we, we just, it's something that none of us have actually really explored their music. Uh, the Killing Joke, again, it's, it's something that we know a bit of, but not. You know, it, it's certainly not something that we'd consciously or even subconsciously really take influence from. But, but I, I guess that goes to show that the sort of collective influence, like I say, that you know that other bands will have been influenced, and we'll have subconsciously been influenced by those bands. And and there's aspects of that that the people here in it, which is I quite enjoy being compared to bands, even if I don't like them. Not that I don't like Killing Joke or Interdiction, but. <laughs> It's quite They're nice record. <laughs> to, to bands that that we haven't listened to. It's much better to, to get that than to get, oh, this just sounds like a Black Sabbath ripoff. <laughs> I, I think it just shows I, I think I think it shows diversity in your catalog because when you have so many artists that you know a lot of people look up to and when Pigs comes along and puts out their music and it, it there's a tie into it and which you didn't even intend to, I think that just shows how you know, how far back the influences can tie in. And it's, Ooh. it's great because that taps into another part of dimension of pigs music that you may have not noticed before about yourselves. And yeah, I, again, I think it's just a very diverse part of your music that you guys have put out there and psychedelic rock. It's, it, I, I feel like it just never gets the love it should, you know, and I feel like that that's pretty cool in a way because it shows how much of a dark horse, how much of a black sheep this genre of music is. And you yeah. guys are a great example of that. Cool. Thank you. Now, I want to talk about the theme, you know, to what level did you guys like to have a theme for this record? Or, you know, how important are themes for you guys? Is that more important about, more about helping you guys write or sound? Or is that more for the audience? Because a lot of artists don't really care about themes. They just do like 10 songs and that's it, which is fine. Mm -hmm. You know, they can do that. But I feel like there's a specific theme you guys wanted to approach with this record. 
I think, I think it, in a way it comes naturally. I think at, at least after, say, I, mean, I can't speak for the lyrics, Matt, Matt, will, Matt will go into that, I'm sure. Um, but in terms of the music, I guess that, that starts to form itself after a few songs have been written or have been kind of fleshed out. And we, we kind of know, we have a rough idea of, of where we are in that, that period and what, what sort of stuff we're writing, how it sounds. And, and a lot of it's just, <clears throat> it's just, uh, you know, what it reminds us of, not necessarily conscious, uh, you know, material things, but, but th this one was sort of very, it felt, I don't know. I thought, yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult to, to put into words, but there was, we knew quite early on that we wanted to, to go down the sort of physical, uh, you know, the theme of sort of the internal body, that sort of, that sort of thing. It, it's really, it's difficult for me to, uh, to get across why wow. he chose that. I was but having was, this discussion with, with another artist, like, because, uh, because it, believe it or not, when you say it's hard to explain, that's an answer, by the way. That just shows how, how deep your music goes. I think, I, that, I think that's just another multidimensional part of yourself. You, you get what I'm saying? It's like a different realm that you're tapping into. You can't explain it. You can't explain it because when you present your material sonically, I believe that's another way to convey the message. It's like, okay, I can't explain it, but listen to the song, okay? Yeah, listen yeah. to this album, but... I think I answered that for you, Adam. Sorry if I. <laughs> oh yeah, well, yeah, you got it. And then and it, it, it just sort of it, it followed on, and we, we, the more it cemented itself, the more we realised that's the route we wanted to go down. And then when it came to the artwork, it was at that time it was it was really apparent. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it I guess it formed like you say it it, it forms kind of naturally with the music. So that I think yeah, I think you have answered it for me, which is which is I appreciate. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, uh, sorry, Matt. You were going to add to that. Uh, uh, we're all here stroking our, uh, our facial hair. <laughs> 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 no, I was going to ask. Um, okay, I don't know. If, I don't know if this is true. I maybe I heard this, or maybe I'm just thinking it to myself. Is the Seven Deadly Sins? Is that is that is that a part of you guys within the music you write? That was like the uh, that was on the King of Cowards album, okay. which was like a theme that kind of kind of loosely but it's there like throughout the 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 whole the whole lyrics of the album um it's not something that i really thought too much about like you know further to your point I, that you made a little earlier um i think it's it's there's, there's like a really strange balance with like a lot of art music as well like it's important not to overthink things but it's like also really important not to underthink things as well. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of like the lyrics and how I'll put those together, um, I well, like like we said at the start of in, the, the interview, I I prefer to be in a room with people making music, and 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 that's the same for the writing the lyrics as well. The the lyric process, um, I prefer to kind of come up with bits and pieces ad lib when I'm in the room with everyone and everyone's making a horrendous, horrendously loud noise um, and we're rehearsing, you know, I'll have a PA set up and for like the first few runs through of, of, of new songs, there's, it's, it's nothing but gibberish kind of coming out. It's not, not even words. It's just like guttural sounds or, or like rhythms. 
um, and rhythmic patterns. And kind of once they're formed and feel right, then sort of words will start to pop out and I'll, I'll make note of those. And then later on when, you know, when it's getting closer to the recording process, I'll, I'll start to like fill in the gaps and, and join the dots. Um, and a lot of the, the new album Viscerals is, is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the difference with Viscerals is that we had, we had the album title quite early on. And I feel like in some way that's um, the title which I didn't come up with, but um, the title has influenced the the lyrics. So like throughout the Visceral's album, in the same way that there was that thread of of uh, sin and guilt throughout King of Cowards, within Visceral's, this is kind of thread of um, referencing like very bodily things. Like I'll, you know, I reference blood a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> a reference kind of consuming things in a, in a kind of very physical sense. Um, so I think in that, in that way, like the, the album title has, has influenced the lyrics, but throughout the, 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 the using those um, with viscerals, I feel this kind of, and I liked this idea when the, when the, the lyrics were starting to form, I liked this idea of like using like, bodily things but like internal internal bodily aspects as like a metaphor for like mm-hmm. um for emotions and 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 those aspects of like people's character and personality that for whatever reason they might be ashamed of or they'll protect themselves from um uh, from expressing um, through you know fear of judgment or or whatever really, um, and I kind of like that because you know as like certainly as like blood you know when someone cuts themselves and you see blood it can be like a, a really gory thing and like people's reaction is like generally one of like shock and mm-hmm. like you you don't want to look at those things and in a similar sense like I kind of I like that idea of like pairing that idea up with with kind of how people can kind of internalize their emotions as well in the same sense so i think that then fed through to like the artwork as well and you know because yeah all came from the title really well do you guys see viscerals as a snapshot of where you are in a certain time of your life i think it probably is yeah now that you look back on you know your discography we know you had a couple of demos you had a couple you know eps in the past too and then you had this is your third album Mm. you know not many bands can say this is our third album you guys have that third album but i feel like there's like (laughs) chapters you can now revisit and of course i think a popular thing is like yeah this is the pandemic album and this came out during the (laughs) pandemic so i'm gonna place it at that part of my life but i don't know I don't think it should be viewed as a negative thing at all. You know, I know it's, it's a very tough experience that we're all going through right now, but I feel like as being as a snapshot of where you guys are, I think it's, do you see it as a way to grow personally? Like as far as this album is concerned? I, it, it's strange. Cause I don't, I haven't thought much about where we go next just because I guess going back to where we're at now with Visceral's, Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about I don't know about the other guys, but I haven't I haven't really considered 
the direction of the next album yet or um yeah and it, i guess it's just it's just down to not not having quite felt like this is done yet that there's still there's right. still something to go which is which i guess is is having played it live and um because it's it's some of the tracks we haven't played in the in in the studio or in the rehearsal room like we we, we wrote them um we finished them off as we were tracking them quite a few of them so uh halloween balsam for example um even hell's teeth um was a few others that we, we just haven't played together yeah um, so i think i think there's before we sort of i personally before that that idea of sort of of growth which i think will come and i do think it's it's something that happens but i think it's it's a little way off yet have your aspirations changed now for both of you guys do you see things differently from when you first started playing music to where you are now no <laughs> <laughs> that's okay that's okay <laughs> no no not for me like i mean it's always 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 been about like just just playing live and and having like really fun experiences with with other people that that's all it's ever been and it's yeah it's it's still not changed yeah any anything that we never we never have any expectations and we're always constantly surprised when something goes well (laughs) um i like that attitude actually (laughs) (laughs) that's the that's the way you should do it you know i i think that's the way you should do it yeah yeah Yeah. i think i think it's uh you know it's the whole process like from king of cowards onwards it's been very humbling and it's it's, um and in that aspect yeah it's it's when these things happen be it you know great release sales or you know a really good response from you know, just people that listen to it or, or, or what have you. It's just, it's a really pleasant surprise, but it doesn't really change why we're doing it or or where we see ourselves going. I think in terms of aspirations, I think there's the things that I think are possible now that I wouldn't have even thought were possible, like playing America, for example. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, we're waiting for that, you here. In that, in that sense, I think, you know, the, the sort of... the you know the sort of practical aspect aspects of it then i guess so yeah but but again we we still have no expectations that you know if things change after this that we, we can make it over or you know and if we if we do we'll be you know we'll be really happy that we can um and again probably quite surprised <laughs> like it's uh yeah so i i, I think I think in a, in a in a wider sense than a, yeah I don't think I don't think they've changed right now my my aspirations are to play a gig that's, yeah that's I, mean, my, uh, I, 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 I think all of us like in this realm of like where we're in just the music and like you know just in this in this area that's all our that's that's our goal just to get back out there and do the thing that we love to do the most yeah. and I know you guys can't wait to get out there and see the fans. I mean, I'm one of them. I'll probably be going crazy here in Dallas. You probably know who I am right on the spot when you guys are here. But, yeah. I mean, we've covered so many topics, you know, Matt and Adam. This has been, like, one of – this has been a great conversation, you know. And I've, before we finish up, unfortunately, you know, 
obviously I'm going to bring you guys back on the show. If you guys come to Dallas, I would love to do another in-person interview. That'd be awesome. But I want to ask you guys, if it were up to you and it is up to you, what would your favorite artist be that you would like to collaborate with that you haven't with already? Any artist? I like asking that question. It puts you guys on the spot. Be good to like go with someone kind of outside of our world. Maybe like Miley Cyrus or someone like that. Okay. <laughs> Adam, I think Adam's got a list in his head going on. Yeah, I was also thinking of Miley Cyrus. Really? So uh, no, I wasn't. No, I was. <laughs> Just do a shout out. This is going to be on iTunes. All right. So, so I, it'll get heard by somebody out there. I don't know. I'd like, I'd like Black Sabbath to come knocking on our door to be quite, to be quite honest. Man, just that, do it. Wildest dreams. It would be Tony Iommi. Uh, yeah, man, that'd little, be something. Uh, a little, little cross pendant that he puts around my neck. So he <laughs> All right, you guys heard it here first. The listeners, that's what, that's what Adam aspires to. You're talking about aspirations? There you go. Miley Cyrus, I would see that too. But. You know, yeah. I've, I've had so many responses. I think I, I had uh, CJ, he's the lead singer of uh, Thy Art is Murder, and he, he wanted to pair up with um, Lana Del Rey. I think it's so interesting when, you know, the metal, like the metal part of the music, when it comes to like, the rock, hard rock, just that era. And then when it comes to mixing with pop, it's a whole different, I think it's just interesting how they can come together sometimes. I remember uh, Mm -hmm. Onslaught, a thrash metal band, they they were on the same stage as Backstreet Boys at the same show in China (laughs) a few years back. And uh, like like the the bass player was telling me about it and it was a great experience. So Miley Cyrus, if you're listening, you have an endorser. (laughs) <laughs> all right last question for both of you guys five albums you guys can think of at the top of your head right now uh, uh, self-titled motorhead ace of spades obviously nice <laughs> um i'd go with black sabbath master reality uh paranoid um volume four and i'll probably top it off with sabbath bloody sabbath <laughs> <laughs> Matt's like I only had two. <laughs> very yeah, very diverse list. Are these like favorite albums or just stuff we're kind of? It, 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 could, it could be favorite albums, sure. All right, because well, I mean, well, it's, it's it's not yet a favorite album at all by any stretch of the imagination. But I've been listening to an artist called Salt S A U L T recently. Okay, um, and the album's called Untitled Black Is. Um, so that's really cool. Um, also good. We already mentioned Motorhead, Stooges, Hawkwind in Search of Space. Um, what about like some Can albums? Can, yeah, man, I love that. They, you mentioned those guys are legends to me, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, they're amazing. So. They're from Germany, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. 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 yeah man how many people know about them hey listen to can all my listeners too are out there as well oh, absolutely. <laughs> especially that album like it's it's yeah yeah take omegos the the one oh i mean they've got like such an amazing back catalog but i think uh, again pigs a link to the chain you know can was like from like the 70s you know that was from so many they, they made a staple in the music that they made and now it's like that's 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 amazing to see 
<laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Well, yeah, that was kind of out of the blueprint in a way when we first started out. It was like, well, I, yeah, I don't really re-explain, but yeah, taking like classic rock bands like, you know, the Stooges and Sabbath and things like that and, and blending elements of like some of the more like psychedelic sounds of especially the kraut rock movement. So bands like Faust and Can and and, wow. and and Cluster and Amundul and stuff like that and, and like kind of melding them together. That was that was part of it. So Man, we can make this like an hour longer now. <laughs> you just opened up a you did open up a whole different discussion panel for me. <laughs> but before we finish off here, um Adam, Matt, do you guys have any last shout outs you want to put in? Any plugs, anything you want to mention before we finish things uh, off here? I would say, uh, in all seriousness, the album thing uh, is the "Live Long Day" by Langham is uh, mm. wow, album, yeah, which should definitely definitely listen to. Yeah, uh, yeah, which I guess would be uh, would be my plug, even though it's yeah. not involved in it anyway. That might make a good collaboration. Yeah, there you go with, with Langham. That's that's almost kind of achievable as well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> We kind of know them in a way. But, um, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so we got, we got, you guys have a lot of time in your hands. So let's see if we can make it happen. <laughs> yeah. All right, Matt and Adam, uh, you get there from pigs, 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 pigs. Make sure it's seven times, guys. And everyone from my listeners, Visceral is out now on Rocket Recordings. Uh, came out April third. It's already been out four months. Uh, support these guys. Buy the album. They'll be on the road as soon as you know. Again, this podcast can be heard on iTunes, Spotify, all major podcast apps out there. Matt and Adam, thanks again. Please be safe out there. Adam, you especially. Uh, heal up, and uh, we'll see you on the road once you guys come to the States. We're, we'll be waiting for you. Thank you very much. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.